Glory Sacramento. Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Nolan, and today I'm joined in the studio by the one and only lovely Scott Waits. Scott, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, Nolan. How's it going? It's going well. Um, as you can see, we are missing someone. Yep. It's, it's Zach. sad. He's Zach. in Richmond right now. Zach is Just gone. kidding. That was Richmond. a joke. No, he's not. He is in Colorado. Um, helping a friend to move because he's a good man. Um, yeah. So he's not joining us. So it's Scott and I today. It'll be fun. Yeah. And we're keeping track of the Kings game that's like finishing up right yeah, now. So with 18 seconds left. Well, there's actually 1.9 seconds left, Nolan. <gasps> is it and still spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. If you haven't watched the game, uh-huh. the Kings are up by two, 105 to 103. They made a shot. They made a <clears> shot. <throat> Dang. They, they would be the ones to blow it though. They, <laughs> should, should we yeah. stop recording and then, uh, Record another one. No, this is how... Do you know what? Okay. Let's just go right into it. All right. right. We got some news. news. Oh, hey. Oh, look at that. Go for it, Nolan. Uh, We have some news to cover today. Um, First bit of news is that preseason matches have not been officially announced by the club, but they've been kind of leaked slashed published on the the internet. That's true. On credible source uh, from by people who are credible sources. Um, So we have it that Sacramento will be playing a closed-door friendly against the Seattle Sounders first team, I believe. Yeah. On February 5th in Seattle. That game will take place? Yeah, that'll be in Seattle. Okay. And then, um, so that's the first game, February 5th, which is not that, like, literally, that'll probably be, like, it's like two weeks after away. the first week of training. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pro- so Around there, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Um, and then February 21st, Sacramento are playing a friendly against the San Jose Earthquakes also a closed door game um and then on the 29th at papa murphy's park sacramento will take on real monarchs before the start of the usl championship season and that game will be i think that that one is supposed to be open to the public so if you're wondering like okay why february 5th and then like two weeks later before the next uh preseason game which would be san san jose Mm -hmm. so first of all there's going to be more preseason games announced Second of all, the Seattle Sounders are getting ready for CONCACAF Champions League, which yeah. starts in like the middle of February. So that's MLS preseason. So mm-hmm. they're they are already they've already started their preseason. They probably I think started last week. They're training. Hmm. Um and they are getting ready for, you know, their matches earlier. So how did they get in the Champions League? They won MLS Cup. San Jose? Sorry. Seattle. Seattle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh so that's why the Seattle game is earlier and then Obviously, the San Jose game and the Real Monarchs games are later. Expect like a, a Wednesday game against an amateur team mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, not very, you know, it's just kind of like a warm up, just oh, get out there and let everybody play. Um, and then expect maybe a few more games in Southern California. They usually take a trip to Southern California mm-hmm. and play two or three games in pretty quick succession. And then sometimes they'll also play Sac State or maybe they'll change it up and play UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, who are 25th in the NCAA. And that's why I think they would yeah. play UC Davis. Is maybe it's a bit better competition, and yeah. Sac State hasn't been that good. The last few times they've played Sac State, I've heard that it was a, a pretty Mauling. awful game. Yeah, yeah. so um, be on the lookout for those. Yeah. Next piece of news, Travian Sosa, the Academy graduate, uh, signed with Hamburg's U19s. Well, he was subbed on with Hamburg's first team in a friendly, uh, subbed on in the 87th minute. Got some quality minutes. weekend. Yeah, and why is this significant? Well, every um, oh, the game's tied. The game's Are you tied. kidding me? Yep, they had 
uh, 1.9 seconds left, and apparently they wow. inbounded it, got a shot left, and there's 0.8 seconds left. I feel like so. the Sacramento Kings are like the Tottenham Hotspur of the NBA. <laughs> like that's just such a Kingsy thing to do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Is that a? Is that a, that's the new verb now for the Kings? Kingsy. They Kings did up. They they Kings did. They Spurs did up. Yeah. The they Kings Spurs did up. Okay. Did up. Anyway. You know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. So Trading uh, Sosa. So yeah. So this is significant because. What we're seeing with the Bundesliga is these winter friendlies um, is is the time when they test out their younger talent. So we saw it with Christian Pulisic. We're seeing it now with Gio Reyna coming through Dortmund. From Dortmund. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he's a 17-year-old American. He's actually the fifth youngest player, I think, to get Bundesliga minutes. Wow. Uh, so And he came on in the 5-3 win over Oz, Augsburg? Augsburg, 5-2, 5-3, something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, it was an eight-goal game. Not a lot. Yeah, because it was it was a goal every eleven minutes. Or something. Oh, they're going into overtime. Oh, great. So anyway. anyway, so you know Hamburg is in the second division of the Bundesliga, but if he can start by the end of the season to break in there, that, I mean that's huge. Mm-hmm. So just keep your eye on that. Uh, another bit of news: Hayden Partain, our a fan favorite at Sacramento, has just signed with San Antonio FC. Um, so we don't know the details of the contract. We're assuming it's probably a pretty standard USL uh, one season contract with a year. So to I, or I do, I, I did message him oh. and was like, Hey man, you know, hope you got everything. Cause that was one of the things that he said when we talked to him was like, you know, I, there are specific things I want in my contract. Mm. Excuse me. So um, I was just like, Hey man, hope this was a good move for you. He, you know, you said your family was in Texas. Hope you were able to get everything you wanted in your contract, you know, just, you know, happy to, you know, eventually see you back in Sacramento in True. June, I think is yeah. when they, when San Antonio, I think it's the 20th. Yeah. And he messaged me back and was like, yeah, you know, was able to get a good contract and blah, blah, blah. So hopefully this was a, a you know, a good contract for him. Good move for him. Cause his family is in Texas. He posted a picture today of his uh, apartment. Huh. Uh, did you ever watch friends, Nolan? No. Oh, okay. Not a- so if any of you guys are friends, fanatics, um, mm. there's, Chandler and Joey's apartment has just like <laughs> two like leather chairs facing this TV. Ah. Uh, and that's kind of what he has. He is he's like, Oh, this isn't Ch- Chandler and Joey's apartment from friends. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> and he also said you could follow him on Snapchat and cause he posts like daily, he said his daily shenanigans. So nice. Hey, go follow Hayden Partain on, on Snapchat. And he will be returning to Sacramento on June 20th. Okay. June 20th. When Sacramento plays San Antonio. Yes. Well, Provided he's in the 18. Yeah, hopefully. We assume he will be. Yeah. Anyway. And quick note on things pertaining to the schedule. Mm-hmm. The times for the games are now on the they league's are. website. So you can go on the league's website and see the time of the games. Pretty standard games kick off Saturday, evening games kick off at 7.30. Um, and then around the middle of June, mm-hmm. maybe, I think maybe the, the match before the San Antonio It was 8 o'clock one. in June. Yeah, it jumps to 8 o'clock, yeah. and then it goes back down to 7.30, and then to 7 in, like, October. Oh, wow. Um, and then the there's a Sunday afternoon games. Those are 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then away games, it's the same, you know, kind of typical in ranging from 5 to, zone. yeah, yeah. 5 to 7.30 or something like that. I mean, that. in Oklahoma, they would play at, like, 5.30 our time. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but and I didn't see many like random like why is this game at one o'clock on a Tuesday or yeah. you know, there was no random games like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, quick note for that. Very and nice. also Yes. Harris Chonson Poulos. Ah, uh, that man. 
he has gone back to is it kp kpv kpv in finnish it is in, pronounced oh wait finland in finland, in finland yeah in finnish you're it right it's called coca-cola palo v coat is my best attempt at pronouncing the name of the club that harris johnson pulos has returned to so in 2018 johnson pulos was with the team in the second division of the finnish uh soccer league League, yeah and helped them to promotion to the first division which uh earned him a move a glorious move to sacramento that's right which came to a glorious end in 2019 (laughs) and he is back with coca-cola Paulo V. Coat, uh, who were relegated in his absence. So, purely because they did not because have. Because they did not have Harris. The Greek freak. Yeah. So, we're happy for him that he gets the new project of helping a, a team to promotion again. And so, we he, wish so, him so, all the best. So, just to clarify, in 2018, he got them promoted. Right. And then left. And then left. And, and then now they, they got relegated, relegated and he's come back to Help get them, them promoted promote, again. Yeah. And I saw the Twitter announcement. They were like, they were super stoked. excited yeah, that he yeah. was back. They're like, so, guess who's back? And it was like him and everyone's he, like, ah. He scored a good amount of goals for a defender yeah. with that team the previous year. So glad he is with them. Yep. Thomas Edavoltson, if we haven't said it already, we couldn't remember if yeah. we had. He has gone back to Orange County. Sad to see him go, mm-hmm. but at the same time. But I'm happy for the Orange and Black podcast because they no longer look like fools when their intro <laughs> has like thomas and olsen, and thomas and yeah. olsen being announced in the little like jingle i'm like you idiots he doesn't even play there anymore but now he does so they won't have to do any more work well and they're the whole team and fan base should be excited because he scored 20 goals with them in 2018 he I, did. i'm pretty sure he was one of the tops in the league yeah. obviously and uh a finalist for mvp, MVP. Hmm. i think that was the year that kelly the guy from reno Dane Kelly? Him. Dane Kelly, I think, outscored him. But I think he was second or third. I, I, it was either him or Cameron Lancaster with uh, Louisville, who scored like 25 or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. It's anyway, a lot of goals. Yeah. He scored goals. a lot. Okay. Yeah. Think what he did with Sacramento times two, like mm-hmm. the whole season. That's yeah. what he did there. Freaking amazing. Yeah. Um. So that wraps up the news segment of our show. And we are a little bit on the lighter side, but not a lot has happened. Yeah. No, n- not really. Um. But some news has been coming out that we think should take up its own section on the show. That's right. And that news happens to be recent roster moves that Sacramento Republic have made. And we don't like to toot our own own horns here at the 916 Republic. Why would we do that? But when we get something spot on right, okay, we're going to let you know. We're going to so, tell you that. If you haven't gone back and listened to three, two or three episodes ago when yeah. we did uh, the defenders that we would like to see come to the to the team, mm-hmm. you should go back and listen to that episode. You should go back. If you don't want to listen to a full 45-minute no. episode, you can go on the YouTubes. You can. And you can look up... 916 Republic Podcast. Yes. And there's... Subscri- hit subscribe. There is a like, seven-minute video of <laughs> Nolan... Nolan's glorious just, voice and mm-hmm. wonderful brain just dissecting the man named, Tom, uh, I almost said Thomas Anavolton, Tomas <laughs> Hilliard Arce. Yes. You Hyphenated got, last yeah, name. Yeah. You got to put emphasis on every syllable. Yes. Okay. Um, he is a stud. And what even makes him more attractive to us is that we called it from the very beginning. We called yeah. that poo-poo. And we didn't even talk to anyone. It was literally Scott typing in names in a Google sheet. And then I picked the name out 
and wrote a little write up on him. And yeah. So he so, ended up getting signed to Sacramento. So just to clarify, Thomas Hilliard Arce, uh, number two overall pick uh-huh. two years ago, 2018, 2018 MLS, MLS Super Draft, uh, from the LA Galaxy, yep. signs with them. Doesn't really do much for the first team. Nope. Plays a lot with LA Galaxy too. He mm-hmm. is now signed with Sacramento Republic. He's a center back. We don't we don't need to go into a ton of the general details yeah. on him because we've already done that yeah. in our coverage of him. A couple things we did notice when we went back and we're studying him a bit more. First thing is he is pretty dominant in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he won a lot of headers, whether it was in his own defensive third, like defending a corner kick, whether it was going up and winning offensive corner kicks, mm-hmm. um, also just like running out from his back line to win, um, a, you know, a, a header from a, a lobbed ball, like a, a goal kick or, or whatever it was. Yeah, he wins. He wins a lot of headers. He could also be caught out of position, which leads to mistakes. So when I was kind of going back and watching, I, I saw that in transition he cannot sometimes. He doesn't take the right spacing between the other center back that he's with mm-hmm. and the winger on his outside that he's defending. Yeah, so he'll be a little bit too close to the to the center of the field, mm-hmm. which gives too much space on the wing. And the space is there because the fullback has gone way up. Yeah, but he he needs to maybe work on that a little bit. So. We're just going to add that in and then you can kind of, you can go back and listen to the seven. It's not that long. It's seven minutes. Just yeah, go back and listen to our long. preview of Thomas Hilliard Arce. Yeah. Some of that can, being caught out of position can be attributed to LA Galaxy playing a very attacking 4-3-3 um, and just leaving, like Scott has said, it, I think on the podcast a bunch of times, but they leave their center backs just on islands out to dry. And so. And that might've been why the LA Galaxy two head coach got fired. Yeah. And they brought in somebody else. Yeah. So. Who knows? Um, so anyway, he we are yet to see. But Scott, I have a question for you. Yes, Nolan. We can infer from recent activity that Mitchell Tainer will not be returning to the club at Sacramento. I, I think that's fair. And a little bit of preview ahead. Academy player Hayden Sargis, another center, center back, back, was signed. Mm-hmm. We also kind of predicted that. We're not going to toot our homes that, mu- that much. because That wasn't that hard to call. Yeah, that wasn't that hard to call. So yeah. that makes four center backs. I will say, you called the road. You called the Roro signing as well before he was even like Reddit news. True. Anyway, anyway, let's go back to this. What's your question, Nolan? Uh, my question is, is Tomas Hilliard Arce an upgrade from Mitchell Tainer? Okay. Um, is he a better player? So we're fit for the system. I'm going to go with yes, because he is younger and I think he has a higher ceiling. So Mitchell Tainer is 26. Mm-hmm. Hilliard Arce is 24, I believe. 24, 25. Um, and so he's already got a couple years experience in USL, yeah. just like Mitchell Tainer, but he's younger. And I think we were talking before the show, Tainer was drafted in the third round mm-hmm. by the Red Bulls, uh, Toronto, some, Toronto, by somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he played with TFC too, but yeah. he was drafted by somebody. But Thomas Hilliard Arce won, I think he won Three Defender of the Year in 2017 with For Stanford. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he won multiple championships with stanford like he had a an amazing college career mm-hmm. and i i just think he's got a higher ceiling which is why you bring bring him in if for the only fact that he's he might be the same talented player the same level mm-hmm. as 
Mitchell Tanner is right now, but the difference is he has two more years to learn and play before he's the same age as Mitchell, Mitchell Tanner. And guess what? By that time, we're in Major League Soccer. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a play for the future that he's the same level as Tanner now, mm-hmm. but could be better. And maybe if Tanner is a little bit better, you're going to bet that uh, Thomas Hilliard Arce in two years is the better player for your team mm-hmm. and club. Okay. I would say that I'm I'm wary because I am we know what we're getting with Mitchell Tanner. He's solid at the back. He partnered well um with whoever was with him at center back. I think he was if we looked at it, Keenan had the most starts, but then it was Tanner after him and then Johnson Pelos and that Yeah, center backs were all over the, there's yeah. it was just a rotating door. Yeah. It but, felt like um he made some defensive errors. I don't think we have to go back and rehash all of them, but I think a lot of that was can be trumped up to the system that Simon Elliott was trying to implement at Sacramento was just too confusing. And so everyone is going to be second guessing themselves and making, you know, taking half a second longer to make a decision. And when you're a center back, that means you're giving an attacker a half a second longer um, to cut in on their dominant foot and rip a shot off. And that's what happened in the New Mexico game. Um, so I don't think that's because he as a player is deficient. I think that's because he was not coached well. So we know Mitchell Tanner is good, and I'm nervous taking a risk on a center back when there's not a whole lot to fall back on. We have an academy player and a converted fullback um, that could play in his stead. So I think yeah, no, that, that's risky. That that's a that's a fair. I think I, I, I was going to say assessment. I don't know if that's maybe an. I I think that's a fair fear mm-hmm. to have. Is well, we know what we have in Mitchell Tanner. Let's just resign him because he's the the sure safe bet. Mm-hmm. So. But the ceiling is very high, like you said, and I think we talked about in the uh, when we were just speculating on him coming to Sacramento. We were like, "This guy has as many goals in the 2019 USL season as Carlton Bumar, oh, yeah, forward." <laughs> so like, he can, and that's what the first thing that the team picked up on when they were um, when they had announced him. They were, and then they started posting videos and highlights of him. They're like, "This guy can do it from both ends," and you know, showed yeah. him. And that's not to say that he has a lot of goals. It. That's more Carlton Bumar. Did didn't not. score a lot, yeah. but he did. I think it was three goals. Three goals. So, uh, that's fine. A guy who also has a high ceiling is a guy that we've already mentioned. Hayden Sargis, 17-year-old academy product at center back, six mm. feet tall. I believe we said 170 pounds. pounds. So he's he's got a little, Pretty maybe a little. developed. He's got a little bit of growing to do yeah. left because he is only 17. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, we'll be looking to see how he he holds up physically, but he is signed first team professional contract. Let's just make a distinction real quick because we're going to see some academy contracts. Mm-hmm. Academy contract is a player from a youth academy in your area that signs with you that does not get paid. So you're a minor that does not get paid. You retain your NCAA eligibility, mm. but you are allowed to play with a USL championship team. That is an academy contract. A professional contract is where you get paid. So Hayden Sargis and Mario Pinegos signed professional contracts. They are not going to be NCAA eligible. They are going to forego college and try to go pro in hopefully soccer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Um, So really quick note on Hayden Sargis before we get into Mario Pinegos. Mario? Mario? I don't know. We'll call him Mario. Yeah. 
so he looked a little timid at first against the Club America U20. So mm-hmm. this, we went back and watched that game. Both of them started. Um, so we were like, okay, let's let's get what film we have on them and watch try it. to dissect it. Mm-hmm. He looked a little timid. He does have the size right now to compete, but maybe not dominate at yeah. this level. He looks. He's like, a diminutive center back. He's not like a mid. He's not like noticeably smaller it's not like child against man right but it's just small man against big man if you're playing like a giant forward like it's gonna be hard for him to bully um he's gonna have to learn that yeah yeah um and then last thing he's a decent passer yet a safe passer so he didn't really take many chances no there's a lot of but he did complete a lot of passes yeah. so if you can pair that with somebody that's willing to make some forward dissecting passes i think that's fine you don't you don't need necessarily two center backs that are next level passers. So mm-hmm. if Duckel Keenan is that guy or Hilliard Matt Mahoney Arce. or Hilliard Arce, great. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to talk about Mario Mario Mar- the other guy? Mario Panegos. <laughs> yes. So the other Academy player who was signed to a first team contract foregoing his NCAA eligibility is Mario Panegos. He's a seventeen year old forward. Um, he's been with the club, I think, since its inception in 2014, if I remember correctly I think so. from the press yeah. release statement. Um, he So it was kind of like watching two different mentalities in that U20 Club America game. And again, I think a lot of it can be attributed to their respective positions. Mario Panegos plays an attacking role where, where you are expected to take risks, where you are um, expected to be kind of gutsy in your decision making whereas Hayden Sargis was very conservative um did not take any risks um but looked fully competent so he so Mario Panegos was like he was he was balling on some Club America U20 guys um Scott and I were talking like these aren't grown men like Mar- like Mario Panegos is playing against guys that are his age maybe a year older right um so it'll be interesting to see a 17 18 year old Mario Panegos play against a 25 year old uh, you know, center back who's six four, fully developed, one hundred and eighty pounds, and could just push him over by sneezing on him. But um, he, his technical ability is is there. Like he was dribbling through guys, making really nice cutting passes, making runs into the box uh, with um, with uh, Iwasa feeding him. There was one pretty clear shot on goal that he had from right outside the eighteen, went straight to the yeah, keeper. It was a little kinda, weak, kind of, kind of weak, but you know the the gears were were grinding in his brain you could see that he was a very um progressive minded attacking player and so um yeah i'm excited to see him get some minutes i think he will get some minutes with the team this year like he's not some guy that's just gonna right never see the light of day like he is a if you're down three zero or you're up three zero like there's no yeah it's exciting to see him come on the field not like oh great we've really blown it this to now we're just putting the kids in like so he's an exciting guy to watch and just a the the one thing that really stood out to me is he's kind of a natural space finder like a um again it's a it's a it's a bit of a stretch but kind of like a thomas muller how he just like how you showed up at the right time type of player that's kind of from the one game against a u20 Mm -hmm. team from mexico that's the one thing that i noticed was uh he can do that very well so Really quickly, Nolan, we don't have this in our show notes, so I'm kind of springing it on you, but how many minutes do we think is acceptable for these two players to get this year? Being their first year, you know, uh, championship players, Mm -hmm. what is the number 
of minutes that we would like to see them get. Not, and realistically, yeah. we would like to see them start and become all league selections. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen, right? No. So, what do you think is the the range? Give me a give me a range of minutes you think they could play. So, good question. I think I'm not going to give you just like 600 or something like that. I'm going to say because because I mean 600 minutes can come from coming on in the 15 minutes last 15 minutes of the game for the entire season, or it can come from like four starts or whatever. Um, so I'm going to say that these guys will be that Mario Panegos will be a guy you want to bring in in the last 15 minutes of the game where he's not going to hurt you, but he could help you. Mm-hmm. So either when you're, you're, you're up, you're up two goals or you're, and or like, you're Hey, give just, him 15 minutes and just let him run yeah, and get yeah, some experience. Okay. Exactly. Um, Hayden Sargis, I think you can bring in maybe as like a third center back if you're uh, if you're same situation clear up, clearly up. Okay, bring him in as like a, a safety net, take out an attacking player, put in a defensive player. The last 10, 15 minutes of the game, um, I don't see these guys starting a, a championship game. I think points are too valuable to, to take a risk on an academy player. Um, maybe an open cup start, and I I would I would at that point I would feel that. Sacramento's handling their young talent well. Like they're getting the minutes, but they're not exposing them too much. Um, but yeah, that's my thought. What What are your thoughts on so how much they should be playing this season? I think Hayden Sargis is going to have a chance to play more than Penegos. Yeah, for the simple fact that there's four guys that can play center back on this <laughs> roster. There are probably five guys that can play striker on this roster. Mm-hmm. Penegos being number five. So. I'm going to say if, if there's one injury, then he's, he, he's a, he's a backup. Like he's on the bench for sure. Mm -hmm. And if there's two injuries or suspension or tired legs or whatever, like he could start. And Deco Keenan had a suspension. He had, he had two suspensions, I think. Um, and like one for yellow card accumulation and one for the flagrant foul. Essentially. yeah, Yeah. Like, the disciplinary committee went back and was like, yeah, you're suspended two games for that elbow to the face. Yeah. So I think between that, it, it really comes down to Keenan. Mm-hmm. If Keenan gets any sort of injury length or suspension length, or it's just not working because he's going to be 35, yeah. um, then I think we'll see, I, I, I think we'll see him a bit more. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts three games this year. Sargis. Yeah. In the I, championship. In the in league play yeah. or between league and open cup, okay. I could see three starts. Okay. I don't see many more than that, but I could see anywhere from 200 to a thousand minutes if it goes terribly wrong with wow. everybody else. Yeah. But it would have to go very right for him, like in training and in the substitute minutes he gets mm-hmm. and the, the other starts he makes, it would have to go very, very right for him to reach that number. Hmm. But I think a few hundred 200 400 somewhere in there like that's a that's not that many to make anyone go crazy but it's enough to at the end of the season say okay yeah hayden let's come back review review your film and let's see what you need to work on yeah um mario penegos i think is a bit less because there's more competition and if you're down he's not the guy you're coming in because he's not proven you're gonna bring in somebody else that has scored goals formella Somebody, yeah. Um, he can play on the left wing, so it gives him a bit, a few more chances. Mm-hmm. Again, like if there's a, an injury at that left wing to like four different people, yeah. <laughs> you know, then he can play in. that. Yeah. So um, 
I'm going to like lower it. Like he's going to be like 150 to like 400 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm not really giving him above five. Like if he hits 500 minutes, I'm going to be shocked. Yeah. Because that means that you're, you're really committing to his development at the expense of giving Bijev minutes up top or giving Formella minutes up top or giving uh, a few different people. Yeah. The, um, the ability to play that striker role. So, or that left wing role. So I don't think he's going to get as many, but yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I think that's astute. So there were two other Academy players that Mark Briggs mentioned when we talked to him and asked him, what Academy players do you think we're going to see this year? Mm -hmm. You can go back and listen to that full interview. It's on YouTube. It's on all of our, all of our platforms, Mm -hmm. Spotify, Apple podcast, uh, iTunes. Yeah. Google. Google. There was one other one. Uh, was it Stitcher? No. Stitcher? I can't remember. Anyway. Buzzsprout. Sure. The, the internet. Yeah. The, yep. We're on the internet. Yes. But he said, uh, also, Julian Chavez and Emmanuel Johnson. Mm-hmm. They're both midfielders, but I think Emmanuel Johnson can also play on the wing from the little bit that I remember of him against F. Suarez. Mm-hmm. Julian Chavez, 17, 18-year-old uh, midfielder. Emmanuel Johnson, 16, 17-year-old. Yeah, they're we both don't... a year or two younger than Sargis and Panegos. Julian Chavez would... would it would be mm-hmm. like his senior year yeah. of, of high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, so be on the lookout for those guys to sign academy contracts. Again, amateur deals, not professional deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and even without them being signed, Nolan, the roster is already at 19 spots filled Mm -hmm. should we run through the list should we just assume that we've hit that and just maybe name the numbers per per spot let's just go through it because i think it's it's helpful to remember so um why don't don't you do goalies and defenders and i'll take uh the other ones yeah so um one glaring spot that we do think sacramento will look to strengthen before the beginning of the season is at at the goalkeeper position right now only rafael diaz is um, occupying that position. Mm-hmm. The, the academy player who will probably be assigned to an academy contract, who I think was the second choice when Cohen left for a while, for a couple games. Right. Um, will be in, I don't even know his name. I think it's Diego Ramos. Yes, he's very young. He's like 15, 16, 16, something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, so look for a signing there. Um, other than that, we, it, when you look at the defenders, the back line seems to be pretty full. So we have Shannon Gomez at full back, full back one, or wing back, Juan Barajona at full back, wing back. Deco Keenan at center back, Matt Mahoney just kind of all over the place on that back line. Hayden Sargis at center back, Jordan McCurry fullback, wing back, and Thomas Hilliard Arce at full, at center back. So, um, so it looks like we defenders. have yeah, like four fullbacks and then three dedicated, or sorry, four center backs and then three fullbacks. Mm-hmm. But but then Mahoney, Mahoney can, play can both. do everything. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, those are the players. So we think we're good expect, on defenders. I don't expect any more signings to be made. Outside of the academy players. Okay. Yeah. At at the defender or goalie. Yeah. Midfield. So we have four midfielders. True central midfielders mm-hmm. is kind of what we're saying here. Drew Skendrick, Jaime Villarreal, Rodrigo Lopez, Andrew Wheeler, Omunu. We think if there is going to be another signing, it's probably going to come in this area. Mm-hmm. Just because one person gets hurt, then you don't really have anyone on They're the bench. On the yeah. So just be on the lookout maybe for again it could be an academy player it could be one of the two that we listed already yeah who, who knows yep um forwards we have seven cameron awasa mario panegos those are your two kind of dedicated central strikers and then there's 
Sam Werner, Valian Bijev, Carlton Belmar, and Darius Formella. So we're kind of too deep on the wing, but Belmar could also play up top. Formella could play up top. Bijev could play up top. Sam Werner is really the only true winger. Winger. He's going to play on the left or the right. He's not going to play up top. I don't really think he is going to play centrally, like in a midfield three. He could, but Mm. uh, I just don't really see that happening. Yeah. So, again, we we think we're probably set at, at, at forward, but who knows? There could be another academy signing, a guy that really doesn't see many minutes. Uh, it's possible, but mm-hmm. not likely. So let's move on to the last bit of uh, of the show. Mm-hmm. This is a U.S. men's national team update. Big update. Big update. Brian McBride has been hired as the general manager of the men's national team. So there's yes. already um, a a women's general manager but she's not a general manager what is her title so her title is director of women's football so i just sorry i just listened to a podcast about okay. it like this afternoon go for it um and she educate me I'll, i will educate you so she was very insistent on correcting the misconception that she's the general manager because her job is so much more than that so she's like not only handling first team decisions but also all the way down the youth talent pipeline um, and then she said she's like involved. I don't know what all this means. She's like, I'm an ambassador for the women's game uh, in the States because the women's game is so much more uh, local for Kate Mark Graf. Mark Graf. Yeah. She's actually, it sounds like a super smart person. Like from her uh, interview, she is like, she played professionally and then um, like went and did like some time in the academic world and got two master's degrees and is like, very professional in the way that she talks about her job um but she she hired she was the one who like made the final decision on hiring Vlatko Ardemanovic uh the head the men the, the women's new women's uh manager um and then she's and then she like she said so I'm the one that in like when they're making roster decisions like who makes the the women's olympic uh qualifying team Vladko and Donovsky. And Donovsky. I don't know why I thought it start ended in an IC, but it I doesn't. Know. Anyway, um, like she seems to have much more of a broader role than a general manager. So like, yeah, she's helping with technical decisions with the the senior side, but then she's also going all the way down the line in the academy system, and then also like being a representative for the U.S. Women's National Team at like conferences and the, the NWSL right. draft and you know development camps all this stuff so she's a much broader role she's in charge of hiring all the way down the line instead of just the the um senior side so 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 this is all within the conversation of um there's kind of some some vacant spots Mm -hmm. at uh at u.s soccer in in terms of coaches so there's men's and women's general managers directors of football then there's someone above them yes ernie ernie stewart would be just the, the director US soccer of, director something like that he's not the president he's like no he's not the president that's yeah. an elected position so he's he's the director of u.s soccer something like yeah. that um so brian mcbride has been hired to fill the, the general, general manager that's his general manager title. for yeah. the men's national team he has 95 caps 30 goals and three world cup appearances mm-hmm. with the national team he played in mls in the premier league most notably for fulham who uh-huh. i think I don't know the year, so he, they might have also been in the championship. Yeah. But I know he like saved them from relegation a couple times. Yeah. And so famously that there is a bar named after him at Craven Cottage, the uh-huh. stadium named McBride's. Yes. So 
he's you could beloved. Say he's a classy guy. Yeah, he's he's beloved there. There's restaurants named after him. However, he does not have any coaching or general manager experience no. that we know of. We did some quick googling mm. and uh, didn't find any. No. So we think this is kind of a wait and see if this works out yeah. type of approach. He he clearly impressed Ernie Stewart enough to get the job. Yeah. Um, we're not quite sure what exactly his role is. We're not yeah. quite sure what his power is. We're not quite sure how much say he's going to have in team selection over Greg Berhalter, stuff like that. So this is going to be kind of a, a wait and see. It might be, hey, we don't know exactly what this position is yet yeah. because it's the first time we're doing it. So we're going to hire a guy that we like, that we trust that has a nice to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in terms of figuring it out, we'll see if the USA can defeat Costa Rica February 1st at 12.55 p.m. Mm-hmm. We will have a review of that game for you. Let me say anyway. We are coming up on the end of the show. Nolan, do you have any other news or notes that you would like uh, to add? Yes, just real quickly. I believe the U.S. women's national team has Olympic qualifying coming up. I believe so. They do. It is. Uh, I think they start with Haiti. They do play Haiti on the 28th. Yes. And then they play Panama on the 31st. And then Costa Rica on the 3rd of February. Okay. So those Good. will be fun games too, and we will be reviewing those games as well. The Kings Scott, lost. The Kings lost. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they totally kings In overtime. They, yeah, it was 113 they to 118. They didn't deserve to win because the Heat are so much better, but I, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. The Kings lost. That's also in the news. Scott, anything else? That's, I don't really That's care. not news. They've lost like almost 30 uh, games already this season. So <laughs> They're so bad. Yeah, they're pretty trash. Well, I think that is going to end it for this episode. Try to keep it, it short. It went a little even longer than we wanted, but that's okay. Oh, no. We will see you guys next time. As always, glory, glory, glory Sacramento. Sacramento.